You're listening to Lead Through Values, where America's Chief Culture Officer, James Mayhew, helps you create a high-performance workplace by building strong leaders, enhancing communication, and accelerating productivity. And now, here's your host, James Mayhew. Well, hello again, and welcome back to Lead Through Values. This is James, and my goal for this podcast is to help you build a high-performance workplace by leading through your values and building a culture of performance mastery. That just sounds good, and it's fun. Okay, hey, this is episode 49, and today I'm going to share with you uh, a revolutionary new perspective that I've had. Call it a little bit of an epiphany of sorts on the topic of employee engagement. Now, before we begin today, uh, I actually was leading um, a small group training uh, recently here, and I fielded a question, and this is how I'm kind of paraphrasing the question that came up that we addressed in the group. And I want to share it with you because I think this is a really insightful question. It's a great question, and here it is. Uh, James, we have six core values in our workplace, but we don't really use them. You always talk about making them something to live by, and I have seven people who report directly to me, and I want to know how do we make our core values more real? So again, great question. And one of the things that I'll just reflect with all of you here that's listening today is that I'm seeing a lot of companies jump on this values bandwagon, you know, this this goal to identify our company core values. The thing, though, that makes values powerful uh, are not just the statements that we come up with or the words. It's the associated behaviors, their the, the people's attitudes, the collective attitude, and expectations around those values. So what I actually do, and this is this is all my answer here, is I help my clients define those values, and we do it in a very deep way. So for example, here's a here's a client in a retail setting that is that is one of my clients. They have this core value statement. We make our customers feel valued. Now, I helped them discover that. That was something that we did together. And in my opinion, hopefully you feel the same. It's a pretty strong statement to make your customers feel valued. It's visible. It's measurable. And it's something that can be taught. But here's the thing. It lacks specificity around how you make them feel valued. And so that's what we do next. We went through this process of defining how to make that value come to life, how to make the customer truly feel valued. And here's what we did. I asked the team what made them feel valued when they shopped at a specialty store. And it could have been online or it could have been in person. In this case, because they are a retail environment, uh, in-store brick and mortar style, we really focused on that. And here's what they said. People told me that uh, as, as we're doing this, they, they began to share things like, hey, the atmosphere of the store. And they, they described it. They talked about if there was someone there who could help them find what they needed and someone to be able to answer their questions. And while that's good, it's also kind of an expectation. I think that is, that's common. It's average. So we d- dug deeper and I asked questions and they started talking about what was more personal to them. And they talked about how they felt like they were the only customer in the store. In other words, the person that was helping them was friendly and polite, 
but also they were very knowledgeable, very attentive. They weren't distracted. How that salesperson also then could anticipate their needs to help them complete their purchase, such as reminding them about certain accessories that, that you get home and you realize, oh, we don't have the hose or we don't have the, the, the cable or whatever it happens to be. But they also then you know shared, hey, we have payment options and we have this service. We can do delivery and setup if you're interested in those things. But they also mentioned how their best experiences were without being pushy or salesy. So we discussed also what was that person's attitude? What was their appearance? What words did they use? How did they speak? What was their character? And what we landed on with helping this client make their value more real uh, is we came up with four core behaviors. So I'm introducing kind of a new concept to you. We have core values and we have core behaviors. The two go hand in hand. And these core behaviors are really what brings that statement to life, uh, that statement of we make our customers feel valued. So one of those core behaviors, I'm just going to share one of them, uh, was you hold yourself and your teammates accountable to excellence. So things like excellence in product knowledge, excellence in their attitude, excellence in, in their service, their speed, the quality in other words, you're going to hold yourself accountable to excellence to make every interaction positive and memorable. Now, that's the process that we work through to help your core values become real, to become actionable, to become accountable. And we take them from feel-good expressions like we make our customers feel valued to tangible, real situational application. So if you have a question that you'd like me to address, you can email, email that to me at coach at jamesmayhew.com. As always, there's a, a link in the show notes. And uh, let's dive into today's podcast episode. Everything I'm trying to do with this podcast is to help you be motivated and inspire you to build a workplace that's profitable, that has high energy, uh, and you can take that a whole lot of different directions, but ultimately to, to consistently kick some serious butt. <laughs> uh, like I said at the beginning, you know, just a couple of minutes ago before we went into the question, I'm going to share with you a new perspective today that's technically, I don't know, 10 to 12 years in the making, somewhere in there. And it's now at the center of everything I do to help my clients win. So, Several years ago, I was sitting across from the company owner. He told me, James, your goal is that all of our employees are fully engaged. And I remember how I was taken aback by that statement. In fact, I was just sharing that scenario uh, with another consultant this week, and, and they had these first similar thoughts. My thoughts at that moment in time were, uh, how is that possible? Is that even a reasonable expectation for you to give me? And so I'm sitting there pro processing that and trying to decide, uh, can I do this? And I was, I had a, I had a gamut of, of emotions and I'm not going to go too far into that, but I'm just going to say it was somewhere between sort of like bewilderment and uh, quite honestly, some excitement, but also like fear and doubt. And man, I don't, I don't know that that's possible. Here's the deal, 2022, several years later, I mean, quite a few years later, 
I finally have a new perspective. Hmm. I learned that he was right in concept that we needed to have 100% engagement. But it wasn't right in how we were demanding or how we were impressing what engagement meant in that company at that time. So right and wrong both. So this is the light bulb. I'm going to tell you right now, it is possible. It is reasonable. And there's not a magic formula. See, I finally get it by, because I'm seeing it differently. And the, the different way or the different way that I'm seeing it is because I'm seeing it now through a lens of execution excellence, not through a lens of emotion and feels. This is a huge difference for me. I hope this is landing for you. Because if you are thinking about culture as we have to have people that are fully engaged and, and love their job, yeah, that's not so, so necessarily wrong, okay? So if you're in a leadership position of any type, including uh, you, maybe you're preparing yourself for a future leadership role, like you've got ambition, you want to do these things, I just want to share something with you that's going to possibly change how you view workplace culture and what employee engagement really means, so in these years back when in this situation, when I was in this company, I was hyper-focused on engagement, needing to equate or engagement would, would equal someone loving their job because that's what we were trying to make culture to be. We had the belief that if you loved your job, you'd automatically be great at it. Some of you right now might share that belief. And if so, you're not entirely wrong, but you're also not entirely right. <laughs> Let me explain. As that company's chief culture officer, I, I, at that time, I took responsibility for having that goal of people loving their jobs. I also felt ownership of it for every other leader in the company. And I'm not telling you that was necessarily a good thing. I think that you, sometimes we can have extreme ownership of things that, that are outside of what we can do. And I wasn't always effective. In fact, I think that approach made me great at my job while at other times that approach made me absolutely terrible at my job. So through this lens of we must have employees who love their job, I felt enormous pressure. I felt enormous ownership of that and placed a very unrealistic expectation on the other leaders that I was working with because I was working with every leader in the company uh, to do that because I held an executive position I also had some natural authority and some influence. What I'm saying is, because I was talking about this with them, they truly felt that pressure too. And I wrestled with the idea that it would be amazing. You know, this would be an amazing thing to achieve. And yet wrestling with, it's virtually an impossibility to ensure. So you don't miss this. This is the epiphany. This is the major thing I wanted to share with you today. You cannot coach, manage, or take ownership for how someone feels. Let that sink in for a second. However, as a manager, as a leader, you can coach, you can manage, and you can take ownership or responsibility for the engagement of individuals on your team when... You are leading them well. You'll be a great leader when 
You consistently provide support, encouragement, and assistance instead of rescuing or avoiding or dictating. Also micromanaging. You can be great at this. You can achieve engagement at the highest levels when you measure progress and you provide that helpful feedback so employees know exactly how they're doing. You'll achieve engagement when you set goals with your team, not for your team members. Please don't miss those words there. As a boss, as a manager, as a leader, we often set goals in a silo for our employees. I will tell you straight up, high-performance workplaces, they do that together because it is a conversation. And conversations always create greater clarity. Now, you can also achieve high levels of engagement by making yourself as a leader available to your team when they need you. And remember, you can't be too busy. You just can't always be too busy because if you're not available, you're missing out on opportunities to develop. You're missing out on vital information. You're missing out. You're just lacking total awareness around what's happening. You'll have engagement when you have a high degree of awareness by being close to what's happening and you are uh, aware of who's doing truly great work versus who's faking great work. Some people are really good at faking it. They can hide. And the larger your organization is, the more layers that you have, the easier it is to hide and collect a paycheck. That's not what happens in high-performance workplaces. And if you're too busy to notice these things, I guarantee you that other people on the team, they notice it. And pretty soon the problem doesn't become, uh, the, the problem becomes something else. Let me say it that way. The problem becomes we have a leader who is unaware or unwilling to address it. Now, these things I just mentioned, these are foundational for a high performance workplace. So here's the thing. As you're listening and you're processing through this, I know there's a lot of probably things going through your head. Uh, I know that was, I mean, that's how my brain looks at these things and it can be distracting right now. So here's what I want you to hear. If you find yourself being hyper-focused, hyper-focused, like I was on trying to get people to love their job, then please make this shift in your culture. That shift is focus on execution. Here's why. Because engagement is a lagging measure for performance, not a leading measure of it. It's not to say we shouldn't measure engagement. We should, okay? But if you focus on trying to improve engagement scores and you're doing things the wrong way, uh, you need to focus on those leading measures of it. Those leading measures, well, those are the things that I just listed. And when you do those well on a consistent basis, you will. And I have this, imagine this word will, like in all caps, you will, as a result, have a highly engaged team because true execution mastery closes every communication gap. It exposes who's doing well and who's hiding, and it shines a light in those darker corners on anything that causes disruptions and distractions for uh, for accomplishing your company initiatives. A great workplace culture is, has always been, and is always going to be about performance. I say that a lot, and I don't know how often it lands. I think I, uh, after we kind of dive into it and explain it, it makes sense. But so many businesses right now are, are thinking about culture around the fields, and we want people to be happy, and we want them to feel like they're part of a family. And those aren't bad things, except 
they don't drive performance always. They might, but a great workplace culture that is performance-based is doing the things I mentioned. Keep this in mind. Your culture is either causing performance to increase or it's holding it back. In other words, your culture is either causing profitability to happen. It's going to be attracting great people. It's going to be contributing to developing people. It's going to be contributing to growth and driving things like ideas and uh, innovation, solutions, or it's not. So remember this. It's easier to get people to fall in love with success than it is to get them to just love their job first. So I want to thank you for following this podcast. I want to help you win. I love to help my clients win. Uh, again, it would be uh, it would mean a lot to me if you would rate it and review this podcast on your favorite app that you listen on so we can help get this knowledge in front of more people. And before you go, I love to um, I love to just instill a mindset. And today, uh, I think of you as my partner in this that you're listening here. One of the best ways to improve is by starting conversations that need to happen, but we don't make time for them or we don't make them a priority. Because I, as I like to teach you, is conversations create clarity because clarity produces action and your actions determine your results. I'm James. Thank you so much for being part of this. And we'll catch you next time on Lead Through Values.